The charm of Cleopatra's presence was irresistible, and there was an attraction in her person and talk together with a peculiar force of character, which pervaded her every word and action, and laid all who associated with her under its spell. It was a delight merely to hear the sound of her voice, with which, like an instrument of many strings, she could pass from one language to another. Plutarch, Makers of Rome. Welcome back to Femininity After Dark. I am your host, Keandria Bellwoos, and I am so excited for this week's episode. I know I say that every single week, but I truly am so excited every time I record. This week, we are going to be talking about the different types of seducers. So I'm going to give you a list of the different types of seducers, and each week we're going to go over one of those seducer types. I just felt like this was a good way for us to dive deeper into the types of seducers so that you could figure out which types that you fit into so that you can best learn this art of seduction and perfect your seductive abilities. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to get started. So let's just dive right in. Right, so the types of seducers, there are nine types of seducers that are discussed in the art of seduction. First up, we have the siren. That's what we're going to be discussing today. I am so, so excited because this is the seducer type that I feel like I most embody. Then we have the rake, the ideal lover, the dandy, the natural, the coquette, the charmer, the charismatic, and the star. Robert Greene also has a section where he discusses the anti-seducer, so those qualities that are very much anti-seductive. And I think it's very important that we talk about those as well once we get to that point because we don't want to be doing anything that could possibly make us lose this game that we're playing. We want to stay on top of our game and make sure that we are being as seductive as we can possibly be and just having fun and feeling good and feeling confident in ourselves and knowing what we're doing and to know what you're doing you need to know what not to do as well so we're gonna get to that a few episodes down the line I have decided to split this up so that we're able to get a lot more of the information and we can really master it I also have an idea, so if you are not sure where you fit in, maybe you've never even tried to seduce a person before, we're going to talk about the characteristics of each of these seducers in the next several episodes of this season of Femininity After Dark. And, you know, that week, give yourself a chance to try out these different techniques and see which one feels most natural, which one feels most comfortable for you. And that's one way that you can figure out what your seducer type is. You might fit into more than one category. You never know. So just 
try and see um have fun with it i would love to hear about your experiences so make sure you join our facebook group femininity after dark so we can have some discussions and you can let me know how it went and which seducer type felt most natural to you so on that note, let's get into it. There are two types of sirens, the spectacular siren and the sex siren. So let's learn more about what those are and what those characteristics look like. The spectacular siren. A great example of the spectacular siren is Cleopatra. She is to this day one of the greatest seducers in the history of mankind. She really was so detailed and so brilliant and so strategic. We talked about seduction being warfare in a sense and I feel that if anybody understood that it was Cleopatra. She knew how to get what she wanted. She knew how to use her power to win. And so we're going to be talking about her in terms of the spectacular siren and what characteristics she possessed that allowed her to have so much power over the world's most powerful men why were they so drawn and so addicted to cleopatra the spectacular siren is a fantasy figure she knows her targets every fantasy and she embodies that to the fullest cleopatra would dress up in these lavish costumes and embody these goddesses and i just think that is so brilliant because she put herself in a position to be seen as this fantasy figure come to life and she put herself in a position to be worshipped like said goddess she was able to really tap into her feminine energy and use it to its full extent. And that is what makes her so brilliant. Now, we can even see that today in a lot of celebrities. One of the greatest examples would be Beyonce. She, over the years, has transformed herself into this spectacular siren. Everything's big and grand, and she's always serving looks, right? And she's embodying this, this sexual energy that comes from the Orisha Oshun. So that would be a modern-day example of what we're talking about here to give some of us a better idea if we aren't very familiar with Cleopatra. So keep that in mind. The spectacular siren is sexually charged. She's very, very comfortable with her sexuality. She owns it. She's not afraid of it. And she gives this energy like, I am all woman. I know what I want. And 
here it is. Now, are you going to give it to me or not? Actually, it's not a question because I'm going to make you give it to me, but maybe I'll make you think it's your choice. <laughs> She's not easy to please. She has high standards and she will let her lover know when she's not pleased she can be a bit irrational she can be moody but her lover is so set on pleasing her that he or she will do whatever it takes to get back in her good graces because they are afraid of losing her she is this rare thing there's nobody else in the world like the spectacular siren. I mean, the excitement, the adventure that she brings into your life is like no other. She is beautifully adorned. She knows how to use costumes to create these illusions and to practically hypnotize her target. And she's also very much like a chameleon. She can transform into anything. And we talk about that a little bit, uh, a little bit later. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself because I just love Cleopatra. I have been studying her for so long and I've just been fascinated by her since I was a young girl. So I love talking about her, but she knows her target's weaknesses and she indulges them in those weaknesses. Uh, Julius Caesar loved gambling and parties and, and that wildlife, and she gave him that sense of excitement, whereas most women would have been afraid to show that they enjoyed that type of fun and excitement because they would have wanted to be seen as respectable and ladylike but she showed him something different he wasn't expecting that from a woman he wasn't expecting a woman to encourage him to be a man and 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 be excited about life because what robert green talks about he says that the siren is so powerful because men are expected especially men who are in uh, a place of of power and a high position in life they are expected to always have it together and be clean cut and be reasonable and she allowed him to explore those wild sides to himself that I don't believe any other woman of the time would have been willing to. And that also showed this security that she had within herself. And it's like, yeah, you know, go have your fun, do your stuff, because I'm not worried about it. You're always going to come back to me. You're always going to be mine. And there was even a period of time where... Uh, Caesar's friends hated Cleopatra so much. They called her the Egyptian whore and they hated her so much that they got him set up with a, another woman and he ended up marrying her and being with her and left Cleopatra for three years. But she was just so intoxicating that he ended up coming back and then he stayed with Cleopatra until the day he died. That's power. <laughs> That's power. Okay, so where was I? Yes, she knows how to keep her lovers coming back for more because she is entertaining. 
she is intoxicating and it's the way she speaks it's the way she uses her voice that hypnotizes a man and she just becomes pleasant to talk to he wants to hear the sounds of her voice and like I said, she is a chameleon. She knows how to switch up her look. And, you know, it's like <laughs> switch my wig, make him feel like he's cheating. That kind of energy. Love that. <laughs> and she doesn't ever allow herself to be possessed by a man. She makes them worship her. She is very strong-willed. Again, she has this very strong personality and she's a woman who's sure of herself. And even though men may desire to tame her, and that's one of the things that keeps them coming back because she poses that mental challenge for them, she never allows them to possess her. Now, she can be sweet and she lets him know when he's done things that have pleased her and when she's happy, but she'll also let him know when he needs to step up his game and maybe he needs to try a bit harder to please her. Like I said, she's not easily pleased. She is a woman who is confident, who knows what she wants, and she has very high standards as she should. Okay. An interesting fact, through the art of seduction, Cleopatra escaped an early death and managed to rule Egypt for close to 20 years. This is how powerful the art of seduction is. I really want us to understand that this can really change your life, especially with us being dark feminines. I feel it's so important for us to get in touch with our sexuality, to own our sexuality, to explore ourselves and really have fun with this, but also realize that this is very serious at the same time and can really change your life in the best of ways if you do it right. If you don't know a lot about Cleopatra, I would highly recommend doing your research after you finish this episode because she was absolutely phenomenal when it came to owning her feminine power and using it in a way that was so, so rare for the time that she was alive and she really took full control over her life and I just find that to be so, so inspiring. So. If you want, I would highly suggest looking up Cleopatra, do a Google search because she was phenomenal. And there are just so many great things that she did and she was able to accomplish within her feminine power that it's it's amazing. And I couldn't even cover everything in this episode. It would be way too long, but definitely look her up. So from Cleopatra, we learned that it's not all beauty that makes a siren, but rather a theatrical streak that allows a woman to embody a man's fantasies. Now, it's said that Cleopatra was not the most beautiful woman. Actually, the woman that um, Caesar's friends ended up setting him up with to marry so that he could leave Cleopatra alone was said to be one of the most beautiful women in that area. But there was something about the way that Cleopatra handled herself that set her apart. So you definitely don't have to 
be the most beautiful person in the world. I mean, beauty is subjective anyway, but you definitely don't have to be the most beautiful person in the world to be a siren. It's more about a presence. It's about exuding this confidence and this sexuality and this adventure, this fun, this excitement. Um, and you can always, you know, adorn yourself and, and, and move a certain way that gives you that extra presence and power. So it's not all about beauty. So we talked about this, but it says, to keep a man from getting bored, the siren shows variety. She is everything he desires in one woman. He can't be bored of her and he can't discard her. It says, be a distraction and create the presence of a siren. Heightened sexual allure mixed with a regal and theatrical manner. And the man is trapped. Never let him see who you really are. Keep him guessing. Keep him fantasizing. The goal is to really keep him distracted. Okay, so those are the characteristics of the spectacular siren. Next, we're going to talk about the sex siren, and there is a very uh, subtle difference between the two. So uh, let's get into that. The sex siren. This is the siren that I feel like I embody the most. So that is extremely exciting for me. When I was reading this part in The Art of Seduction, I was like, oh my god, he's like, describing me damn near okay um and the public figure that we will use as an example for the sex siren is the one and only marilyn monroe i just love marilyn monroe i know a lot of people have had like really horrible things to say about her but I don't care what nobody's saying. Marilyn Monroe is that girl. There will never be another Marilyn Monroe. And the fact that everybody still knows who she is and her face is still well known today in 2022 is proof enough that she was and is that girl. So people can hate all they want to do and, and say what they want to say, but Marilyn is everything. I've loved her. For such a long time, I've been watching her movies and reading books about her, and I've been practically obsessed with this person um, since I was 13 years old. So without further ado, um, let's talk about the characteristics of the sex siren. Oh, also, if you want to learn more about how to seduce in the way of a sex siren, I would definitely recommend that you go watch some of Marilyn Monroe's movies. Um, I feel like the ones that best show the sex siren in her would be The Seven Year Itch, how to marry a millionaire and some like it hot go watch those movies if you want to but i highly recommend it because it's gonna really give you that visual like it's different when you actually see it happening and they're like oh okay yeah that's what robert green was talking about that's what keandria bellus was talking about <laughs> so the characteristics of the sex siren 
the sex siren accentuates her physical assets with makeup, jewelry, clothing. Um, she has a signature scent. She always smells really good. She can seduce with her eyes and with her voice. So you see how this is very similar to what we talked about with Cleopatra, but we're coming up on the difference here. So just wait on it, okay? She gives off an energy of both innocence and sex, never letting on that she knows what she's doing. But trust me, she knows exactly what she's doing and she knows the effect that she's having and she's having fun seducing. She just makes it look like she has no idea what she's doing. So the difference, you can, you can kind of see it now, right? Cleopatra was that I'm a grown woman. I know everything I want. I'm like... I know what I want and I'm I'm being overtly sexual whereas the sex siren is a little bit more childlike and has this naivete about her and she's like I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm I'm seductive. What? Like <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. Like she's she's playing it cool. She's playing it, you know, really innocent. She's got this childlikeness about her. She knows how to move her body gracefully, especially when walking. Walking is extremely important because it's, it's one of the first things that people notice about you when you step into a room. Your walk and your body language says everything about how much confidence you have, what kind of person you are, how interesting you're going to be to talk to. And it really can be like the making or the breaking of your seduction like you get one chance to make a first impression so when you walk into that room you gotta walk into that bitch like you own it period but you know keep it fluid keep it natural don't don't walk in and and be trying too hard you know you don't gotta switch extra hard or you know put on the I like to call it the the hooker walk. I mean, like if if that's your thing, that's your thing. But you know, you you don't really just just don't trust me, girl. It don't look good. It, it don't look good. Be very slow, very graceful, very um, very in control of your body. And it does take some practice. Uh, Marilyn Monroe practiced her walk for a very long time. And it really paid off. I mean, she ended up making history in the movie Niagara. It's called the longest walk in history because the the camera, they just kept it on her while she was walking away. And it's like such a long walk for a movie, but you just you don't even get bored because you're just so fascinated. Like, wow, look at her move. Yeah, definitely watch some of her movies and you will, you will see what I'm talking about. So this, this childlike presence that she has, this innocence, what it does is it ignites this thing in a man and it makes him feel needed. It makes him feel like, you know, a protector, Men naturally want to feel like dominant, you know, um, well, a good portion of them, right? And so when they meet this woman who's like 
so sexy but like it appears like she doesn't even know what she's doing it's just coming off as like really natural and yet she's got this like childlikeness about her and he just starts to feel like I have to protect her like I have to take care of her and it makes him feel more masculine so what she's essentially doing is she's making him feel like he's in control when really she's in control the entire time but because he feels more more masculine and protective in her seemingly you know fragility she's able to control the dynamic of the relationship without seeming like she's overpowering the man so she's really using her intellect and outsmarting the man essentially also, I do want to point out, Robert Greene says, you know, a woman, man, a lot. This can work for anybody because as spiritual people, we understand that feminine energy, masculine energy, it's just that. It's, it's an energy, okay? So there could be someone who has a, you know, a woman's body or it doesn't even matter how you identify. It's about the energy that you have. So... When I say man, just replace that in your mind with masculine energy. I'm just reading it how Robert Greene has written it. Um, but this would work with anybody who has masculine energy, whether they identify as male or female or whatever they identify as, okay? Doesn't matter. It's all about energy. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, don't think that you're limited if you're... Um, if you're into the same sex or whatever the case may be, okay? Okay, so the sex siren actually has a more urgent and immediate effect than even the spectacular siren does. She gives the impression that she lives for pleasure and she's always available, but she's also very innocent and vulnerable and soft. And that's what draws the man in because he feels like he needs to save her from something. And this gives him a distraction, right? So both sirens are about distracting, but they just distract in a different way. So it's really about knowing your target and also knowing your own personality and which feels more natural to you. Are you more of the bold, sexually charged, spectacular siren? Or are you the sensual, soft, but innocent, childlike sex siren. Let me know in our Facebook group, Femininity After Dark. Let's have a discussion. I'm really interested to see uh, which one you feel like you embody the most. For me, it's definitely the sex siren. She gives the man the impression that he's in control, like we mentioned before, but really she's the one controlling the dynamic of the relationship. Also, a very, very important thing, physical attributes, most of them are a construction. Marilyn Monroe would spend hours in front of the mirror because it took her hours to get ready for her hair, her makeup, and make sure that everything was giving what it was supposed to give okay like she had an image that she projected and she put out this illusion um she altered her uh facial features and everything using the art of makeup and she really mastered 
makeup. I mean, she and her makeup artists were geniuses when it came to the things that they would accentuate, the things that they would kind of hide and just creating this iconic look that we still know and love today for Marilyn. She was just everything with the makeup. So yeah, I mean, oh my God, I just, I love it. I love Marilyn Monroe so much. Um, I kind of just lost my train of thought because that's, that's just what she does. And there's that distraction. See, it's even working on me. <laughs> um, and also another thing that Robert Greene points out is that the siren doesn't just work on one type of man. So he mentions how Julius Caesar was a writer and he was an intellectual and Arthur Miller was a writer and um, Arthur Miller was Marilyn Monroe's uh, ex-husband, by the way, one of her ex-husbands, if you didn't know that. I'm just talking like y'all know who all these people are and hell, you might, I don't know, <laughs> but just in case you didn't know. Okay, so um, this works on the intellectual man just as much as the, the man who's made for war, okay? Like, it, it works on all types of men because it just really gives them this fantasy that they can live in to escape and to just become excited by, um... And oftentimes it works even better on the intellectual man because he's always expected, like I said, to be reasonable and refined and um, closed off. And the siren gives him a chance to explore the physical, the sexual side of him so that he can, you know, feel more masculine. One of the greatest things about being feminine and having feminine energy is creating this this feeling of masculinity within the man which just really heightens his experience and then once he feels his most masculine and he feels like he's in control he feels like the man like he's done for he ain't going nowhere he's trapped <laughs> period i love that for us doesn't it feel good doesn't it feel good to know how much power you have now? That's why I always laugh when people talk about femininity like it's always so soft and it's always just so meek and submissive. And it's like underneath that submissiveness, guaranteed the woman is in control or at least she should be. And I'm just so proud of all of you who are listening. And I'm so grateful to be able to share this space with you because I love the fact that we're coming into our own and realizing how powerful we are and that our femininity can help us to get so far in life. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, Marilyn Monroe became one of the biggest stars in the world She's still recognized today, and I don't even know how many years it's been, um, but she is still larger than life. Cleopatra ruled Egypt for nearly 20 years because she mastered the art of seduction. Like, doesn't that feel good to know the potential for power that we have here? I don't know about y'all, but that makes me excited. I am excited. <laughs> 
Um, so now we're just gonna talk about the dangers of being a siren. So I don't want to, you know, talk about how great it is and then not mention the dangers that come with um, embodying the siren archetype. So we're gonna get into that next. The dangers of being a siren. First and foremost, and this is pretty obvious, but women are going to envy you. They're going to be jealous of the power that you hold. They're going to be jealous of how much attention you get. But it's important to remember that your target audience is going to be more masculine energy anyway. So don't pay attention to those feminine energies that are envious, that are jealous of you, because honestly... Take that free energy they're giving you. They're giving you extra energy and a boost every time they look at you like, oh, I hate that bitch. Why is she so fine? <laughs> Take that energy, use it. Be like, oh, I must look really good today. Oh, I'm doing a good job. I'm, I'm doing something right. They're hating. Like, fuck those bitches. <laughs> they just wish that they had your power. That's all it is. And I say this like damn near every episode because it's so true. There are definitely going to be people who envy you for the power that you hold and the confidence that you exude, but they can either learn from you or be defeated by you. It's their choice, period. Um, and also some men will hate you too. Uh, and they'll see you as easy they'll see you as a whore um we talked about how cleopatra was called the egyptian whore um marilyn monroe has been ridiculed and called all types of derogatory names just because she was uh comfortable with her sexuality and she was open about it she was called all kinds of names again don't listen to those people who gives a fuck what they think that's why it's so important for you to know yourself because if you know yourself well enough, can't nobody tell you who you are. Nobody can make you think differently about yourself if you've really taken the time to get to know who you are. And that's why I'm really, really taking it slow, taking my time talking about these different seducer types because I really want us to dive deep. This is like therapeutic. This is a way for us to figure out who we are, figure out where our power lies so that we can utilize it to the best of our ability. So definitely know yourself so nobody can make you feel bad about who you are. You think Cleopatra was sitting up there crying in her damn bedroom at night because people didn't like her? She didn't give a damn. She had power. She was in control. She didn't give a fuck. And that's the attitude that we have to have if we're going to be the siren. The image of the siren is also harder to project after a certain age um, because it, it is so based on the physical sometimes. And like, while it's not all physical, we talked about it not being all about beauty, uh, a good portion of it is. And so it is a little bit harder to project after a certain age, but it can be done with the right amount of intellect and strategy. So you just have to figure out, you know, as you get older, ways to exude that seductress, uh, siren quality without, um, overdoing it with the physicality if that makes sense make it more about the energy that you exude than uh than the physical 
tone that down a little bit as you get older so that you don't become a caricature of yourself and you don't seem like you're trying too hard, pretty much. So those are the dangers. Now we're gonna talk about the symbol. I love symbolism, so we're gonna get into that. So the symbol for the siren is water. The song of the siren is liquid and enticing, and the siren herself is fluid and ungraspable. Like the sea, the siren lures you with the promise of infinite adventure and pleasure. Forgetting past and future, men follow her far out to sea where they drown. So let's go a little bit deeper. Let's talk a little bit more about what water represents. So water is fluid, right? We talked a lot about fluidity and that gracefulness within our movements, the way that we speak. We're never hurried and rushed when we're talking. It almost sounds like we never quite left bed and that gets people uh, thinking. It makes them intrigued by us and kind of drawing them into, into us. <laughs> Ooh, that sounded dirty. <laughs> drawing them into us and making them listen closely to what we have to say. And sometimes we might talk a little bit softer, so maybe they have to come a little bit closer to us and we have an opportunity to get close and personal so that they can smell the scent of our signature perfume. It's those little things, you know, but it all adds up to this fluidity of movement, this, this fluidity of thought as well, because we, we were talking about how you have to be strategic and how you have to really know your target, you know, and you have to really just go with it and, and, and be free. Um, water has so many different sides to her and she's very feminine by nature and she's all about emotion you know, not even just knowing her own emotions and having that control over her emotions. Because even though Cleopatra was very irrational and she could be prone to anger, don't think for one second she wasn't being strategic with how she expressed her emotions in a moment to get the reaction and the results that she wanted. She was very strategic with how she used her emotions every single time. So understanding your own emotions, having control over those emotions, and knowing how to create a certain emotion within another person, that is the power that the siren has. She has everything within her control because she allows herself to be free, flowing and liberated so oh my god this it's just so beautiful and i just love that i i don't script and this all just kind of comes out and i i feel like i'm channeling every single time and it's really just such a beautiful beautiful feeling and i i hope that you guys can feel the energy 
through whatever device you're listening on because it is always so intense in this room when I record for Femininity After Dark. There is something so special about us getting together and empowering each other, empowering ourselves. And I am just so, so excited for all of us. And I just want to thank everybody for your support. Thank you so much for all the listens, all the shares. You have really, really warmed my heart. And I can't even begin to express how much it really means to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody for all of your listens. It really means the world to me. note i'm gonna close out thank you again for listening make sure you subscribe make sure you add this podcast to your library and join our facebook group femininity after dark so that we can have a discussion about tonight's episode where you think you fit in do you think you might be a siren if so are you the spectacular siren or the sex siren let me know i would love to hear about your experiences and when you go out and practice seducing saying I, I want all the juicy details I want you to tell me everything spill all the tea <laughs> so thank you so much for listening and until next week bye